Hey everybody, welcome to the In the Cockpit episode. Uh, first, I want to apologize that this is a little bit late. So, as a way of explanation, our sister, who is the family member we're closest to, works a ridiculous schedule because she's a nurse. And I don't know if you guys know anything about how like medical personnel work. It's not normal schedules. They work like 36-hour shifts sometimes. She gets crazy. <laughs> but it's very rare that my schedule, my schedule. schedule... And our sister's schedule all line up with our days off. So we, we all had Sunday and Monday off this week. Um, and we didn't realize that until like Saturday. So what we had planned to record at our sister's house after everybody went to bed, there was a lot of ambient noise going on there. Dogs, air conditioning, stuff we can't like mess with at our, another person's house. Mainly a dog thing. Mainly a dog thing. That prevented us from recording Sunday night. So unfortunately, we're, now, we're just now recording this Monday night after we've gotten home and taken a nap. And chilled out, had dinner. But, so unfortunately, this is going to be going up a day late. But we just want to thank you for being patient with us. Did you that tweet out midday yesterday, so. Yeah. So anyways, this I'm Josh. That's Justice. We're your co-pilots. And this is in the cockpit. And that was a visual cue on the, that's Justice. It was pointing. I understand that some of you may not understand what pointing is, as this is an audio format, and perhaps you never interact with your life via a visual medium. So pointing is an action, generally, if we're talking about as an individual, where you take your hand, extend one or multiple fingers, indicating towards another person. So, our, what was the last episode of the actual show? The Way the House Husband. Oh, yeah. That was actually excellent. I haven't watched any more yet. I, I almost did the other day. I was... I woke up like three or four hours before work. Yeah. And I ended up being ready for work like a half hour before I needed to leave. And I sat down in the living room for a second and I was like, I should watch an episode of Way of the House Husband. And then I stood back up, walked to my room and cuddled and laid back in bed for another half hour. <laughs> That's what I do before work, guys. I cuddle in my blanket and just think about not having to go to work. I don't blame you. Yeah, that sounds like the correct way to approach work. So, Way of the House was the last one, and before that, we watched... Something? Uh, I know what it was. It's like... Oh, uh, uh, nobody's looking, right? Nobody's looking, yeah. I knew looking or watching was in the title, and nobody's looking, which I... was... God, that show... It had I, I know we talked about it in the episode, but like... Such a good like premise. It had potential, and then it was bad. And like, like the trailer had the potential of being a comedy, and then in the show it had the potential of being like... A good thriller, and it fucked both of those up. It's like the trailer was cut by somebody who had watched the show, realized it didn't actually like have a genre. Yeah, and was like, "How can we sell this to the most people?" It actually reminds me a lot of how Hell's Kitchen cuts their next times <laughs> on. He's like, "Okay, so this season of Hell's Kitchen, Young Guns, everybody's like under the age of twenty-three or some shit." A really weird gimmick for a show that once experienced chefs, but whatever. Yeah. Um, we've had one, like, next time on Hell's Kitchen where it made this guy out to be really sexist and shit because he got moved to the girls' team. And, like, the way he was like, I don't care, what you, I don't care if you guys are girls or not. I'm not going to take shit from anybody. Like, the way they cut it in the, the trailer for the next episode made it seem just, like, insanely sexist. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one where they made it seem like somebody had purposely sabotaged a person's dish during service, not like during a competition, yeah. but like during service, which 
not the case. Never happened. Like, Hell's Kitchen next time trailers are literally just lies. Welcome to reality TV, where it's all lies all the time. That gets me back to my point, though. Nobody's looking trailer is only lies. That's all it is. Like, it's like, hey, look at this comedy. It, it Doesn't this look hilarious? You know what we do to punish angels who, who don't break the, the, the principal rules but, but piss me off? We make them watch Nick Cage's City of Angels for all of eternity. Like, that's a funny joke in the trailer. In the show, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what have we been up to other than podcast and hanging out with family? We watched Black Widow. Yeah, we did. What did you think of Black Widow? We've had a couple days to digest it. It is a passable movie. Like a 5, maybe a 6 out of 10. I initially had it in like my top 40% of Marvel movies like after yeah. finishing it. But I, two days later, I realized that's recency bias. And like... Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I like this movie. But like, I like this movie like I like the Bourne movie. It's on in the background. It, it's all right. So really, it's probably like bottom 33% of Marvel films. Mm-hmm. And the more I, the further I get away from it, the more I get pissed about Taskmaster. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen it because that movie just came out. Yeah, but you've probably already seen that there's issues with Taskmaster. And as a person who enjoys some classic Tony Master stuff, um, <laughs> yeah. And I'll, like, so one of our friends went and saw, saw it yesterday, I think, and he te- he he messaged me on Snapchat and was like. Was it just me or was there way too many gratuitous butt shots? Yes. You know what? I didn't realize it when I was watching it, but like I'm thinking back out the movie, and yeah, a lot of those shots were just ridiculously framed for butt shots. It, it centers the camera wrong. When I was watching the movie, I only noticed it like specifically once, and I was like, oh, hey, look, ScarJo has a really nice ass. Who knew? <laughs> that who knew is sarcastic. Yeah. Everybody knows. Like, after that one time I registered it, I just, like, mind-blinded to it. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, registered that fact, watching the movie now. My main focus for the basically majority of the movie was on David Harbour as Red Guardian. Mm-hmm. And the scene where I was like, oh, hey, ScarJo has a really nice ass, was the one where she's walking back to the van after, like, yeah. yelling at David Harbour's character. That was the one scene where I was like, oh, yeah, I noticed. And then I was like, okay, back, like, David Harbour. Yeah, but no, the majority of my enjoyment from that film came from David Harbour. And let's put it this way. Red Guardian is not the best character ever from comic books or movies or anything. He's entertaining and pretty much meant to be comic relief. I mean, at least this. I didn't think about this myself, but... Nicola Clayton, a TikTok creator who I enjoy following, made the point that the movie references three different members of Red Guardian's team. We have Red Guardian, Ursa Major, and Crimson Dynamo all referenced. And, like, that really lends to the Christians that there's an entire Russian, like, superhero team in the MCU somewhere. Yeah. Which I would be down with that. Also, Ursa Major's fucking great. Like, bring it. Yeah, he could transform into an actual bear. Right? He's also Fuck technically yeah. a mutant, so... Yeah, so... But whatever. So. Black Widow. 
Yeah. It's an MCU movie. That's the big thing for me. It was an MCU movie after like two years of no MCU movies. Oh yeah, you were very excited. I mean, it was almost as good as like the the moment the movie started was almost as good as when um, WandaVision started because like it's that Marvel like stroll through in the music and you're like there's this moment of nerd of nerdiness that just washes over you. So. The opening song for the movie, though. I actually love that song. The cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Good. It might be better than the original Smells Like Teen Spirit. I but for the film. Uh, my friend, Our friend described it specifically as the most mid-2000s non-Marvel superhero movie thing ever. Mm-hmm. They're so right. It's like straight out of like Suicide Squad or like yeah, a just, Batman movie. It. It doesn't feel like it's needed there. It just feels like a waste. Yes. Also, what's with this whole having to open open like superhero movies with a song now? Like I, a cover of a popular song? Why are we opening superhero movies with those now? I, I don't know. There was also that moment in the movie where I was like, this score, I pointed it out to you. I don't remember what scene it is. There's a moment in the movie where I was like, this scoring. Oh, it's the family reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Without telling, without spoiling this for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, it's the family reunion scene. Yeah, the background music is like straight up Twenty One Pilots, Heathens. Yeah, basically. Like, it takes so many cues, and um, I like that song. It got massively overplayed at the time, but like, it's really weird for Marvel to be like that song that was really popular in that one DC movie. We want that. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. The music choices were weird. Um, we did mention David Harp, um, Harbor, but I also want to mention Florence Pugh. She was fantastic as well. True. She was legitimately hilarious through almost the entire movie. Yeah. Entirely correct. And her character is the only through line within the MCU other than Madame Hydra. But, yeah. Like, everything else in this movie doesn't, like, through line to the rest of the MCU very much. Yeah, no. Maybe going forward, obviously, but... Yeah, so Black Widow, we're both kind of lukewarm on it. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice that it's Marvel film after two years of no Marvel films, but we got better Marvel movies coming. Doctor Strange, baby. Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man No Way Home, maybe The Immortals, which uh, I'm intrigued by. I don't really know how you do a good Immortals movie. <clears throat> well, the funny thing is, like, five or six years ago, that slate, on that slate, that was supposed to be an Inhumans movie. Yeah. And then the Inhumans TV show so bombed. And I'm really upset because the Inhumans are much cooler characters. Like, I know more about the Inhumans than I do the Immortals. So I don't know if I can... Just this teleporting giant dog. Yeah. That's all you have to say. The Inhumans have te- a giant dog that teleports. It's questionable whether or not it's a dog to begin with. No, it's a human that got transformed into a dog. Terra Genesis! Not a human. I like the man who becomes a door. That has to fucking suck, right? Inhumans are so much cooler than Immortals. But <laughs> um, Yeah, we're going to expose you to this gas. It's going to release some mutagenic properties in your body, and you're going to get these awesome powers. Oh, that's so fucking it cool. Doesn't, it doesn't release. I know. It, it triggers. I know what it does. Because otherwise they would just be man-made mutants, but they're not. I know. They're, they're not human. I know. Like, I know. They're inhuman. I know. Oh, that's so fucking neat. I wonder what my power is. I'm a fucking door that other people can use to teleport places. This is my fucking life. I'm I'm a fucking demon door for the be, Fable games. To be fair, isn't that just like exactly what Idris Elba's character was in Thor One? 
at least he had the ability to walk somewhere. Like Heimdall was literally just a magic door for the Asgardians. <laughs> yeah. He just stood on the bridge and was like, oh, do you need to come home? Let me plug my sword into the socket. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at least he could walk somewhere and do stuff rather than just, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a door. Honestly, if I got turned into a door, I would start doing demon door shit from Fable and be like, no, you must do this. I will not open unless you give me three chickens. <laughs> oh, you must find someone, marry them, and then kill them in front of me. Why do you want three chickens? I'm bored. <laughs> Wait, you want me to m- commit matricide? Not matricide, that would be killing your mother. What, what is it called when you kill your spells? I mean, we can just stick with the word murder, because I am slipping on the word for it. <laughs> okay, you want me to murder my wife in order to teleport somewhere that's that's a little sick and twisted i've been a door for a thousand years do you want to talk about sick and twisted man i mean you can eat like 200 apples i'll open if you get really fat <laughs> oh god damn it uh, or you know max on your corruption i'll open the door then if, if you have sick demon horns you get him free speaking of fable been been playing a lot of the witcher lately witcher 3 yeah i had originally like almost beat the entire game but the armor I wanted was glitched and wouldn't spawn in. And so I've just said, screw that. Bought it when it was on sale on Steam. And I've been playing it on my PC ever since. Yeah. I'm so early in the game, though. <laughs> yeah, you are. One of the things that really bugs me in RPGs like this, and it just happened to me earlier t- tonight. All the bug-based enemies, but we don't see, like, giant monstrous forms of bears or other animals most of the time. It's only ever monstrous forms of insects. Is that what bugs you? I mean, my story did have to deal with the arachne. Oh, cool. Continue. Never mind. Uh, like, my, my least favorite thing is, like, when you're doing a quest, or, like, you're not doing a quest. You just, you have the quest in your menu, yeah. and, and you're just doing something else. And you randomly, like, complete a mm. step in the, in the quest. And you skip over an optional quest, an optional thing that you can't go back to anymore. Yes. It annoys me so much. I think I, I was looking at my quest, actually, the other day on Witcher, because I, you were playing, I was just like, you know, that sounds like a good idea. So I picked it back up as well. And I was going through, and I think I have, like, eight quests where I failed optional things. I'm just like, oh, I know exactly how that happened. Because if I ever have an optional thing, I fucking do it. Yeah, like, so... It's just like, oh, I wasn't doing that quest when that happened, didn't was I? Tonight, I, I, I missed a part of a quest because I found a cave, and I was like, ooh, cool, a cave. Mm-hmm. And I skipped steps in the My Brother's Keeper quest. And I was so like, many of the fucking things I miss are just like... Use your Witcher senses. I'm just I stumbled across it. Or like, fuck. My, my least favorite one, I, I purposely put a quest on hold because one of the options to like progress the quest was to use the mind control power on a guy to make him tell you what you uh, need yeah, to know. Axie. But I needed the next level of it, so I, so I needed to level up once to get a point. Yeah. So I specifically put that quest on hold to go do other stuff so I could level up, come back, and wave my hands and do Jedi mind tricks. But while I was running around, I stumbled across Kiramets' cabin. Uh, and, yeah. like, I didn't know it was Kiramets' cabin. I just saw a bunch of people standing outside. I was like, what's going on over here? So I ran over there, and it triggers a cutscene. And I'm like, and then it's like, optional thing failed. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. And that's when you reload your previous save. I only have one save going right now. You fool. I don't know. I just don't feel like scumming it. Mm, that's not save scumming it, it's really. sa- that, that's That's save scumming. When I think of saving, I think of like saving like every five fucking minutes. Saving in order to like change the outcome of the game is saves coming. Nah. 
Uh, actually, I, I guess that's a really, like, pointed argument, right? He's like, what does safe scumming mean? Like, he's, I definitely agree with you. Like, if you're saving, like, every few minutes or, like, you're doing a boss fight and you, like, run I feel in. like if you're doing it to, like, actively win constantly at the game, like, my mind goes, if it's the equivalent of, like, if you were playing D&D and fudging your roles constantly, it's no longer fun at that point. But if it's, like, well, I stumbled across this mission and I have no idea what was going on, but I completed it. Well, if I actually want to enjoy that quest, I don't get to anymore. That's fair. I, Th- so yeah, that's okay. ruining the fun for me, which is why I have a two-save system. Like, if I come across something, I don't want to be like, I guess I just don't know what that fucking story is. I mean, you can go in your, like... Yeah, I can read and- about it, but it's just like... But if I do that, it's also contradictory, because it's like, here's this stuff that happened. No, Geralt knew none of that. He just came across this thing and killed it, and... Do you know, completed a quest. You know why I think I love The Witcher, and I say this because I, I actually was reading some of the reviews. One of the one of my friends online, um, one of Bacon's friends, yeah, wrote a review for The Witcher after he played it for like two hours and was like, "This game has too much side quest stuff going on that it forces you to do in order to do the main quest because the main quest like will go. This main quest was level seven, but this next one's level eleven. So if you don't like do side quests, you're gonna you're gonna fall back and fall Lies. underleveled. You just murder monsters, or you start the quest anyways, and you level up after like one step of it. But like, I get what he's saying. Like the game tries to push you into side quests. Yeah. And like, I love that. But yes, that the is thing the way I, I love things. most about The Witcher is that so many choices are so like obviously ambiguous. Like there's not yeah. a right or wrong answer. Like earlier, I was doing a contract, um, Beast in the Woodlands, mm-hmm. which. For anybody who hasn't played The Witcher Three, you speak to a, a military general, um, and he's we're like, "We're gonna call him Dave." You speak to Dave, and he's like, um, "I'm my routes keep getting cut off because there's something in the woods fight, attacking my tr- my troops and stuff, and I need to hire a Witcher to to take care of the, whatever beast is in the woods doing it." So you go hunt it down, and it turns out it's not beast; it's elves. Yep. But the army in question that you're working for for this contract. In a previous war, recently in Elven history, but so Danians, right? Uh, the the Redanians, yeah, um, ha- tortured the elves and like murdered a large swath of them. So these elves are kind of like guerrilla military. But in order to talk with them, you first have to give up your weapons, which seems suicidal as a Witcher, because everyone hates you forever. I just punch everything into death if I have to. And then the second, then when you finally get to talk to them, your options for for advancing the gameplay is you can be like, "Cool, I'll forget I, I ever saw anything." You're not like you're not monsters. It's not my job to kill you, which definitely true. That's definitely a Witcher thing. But your other option isn't, um, "I'm going to kill you all." Your other option is, you're just bandits. That's all you are right now. Like, and personally, that's what I like. That's how I would see them. They're bandits. Like even if they're right in their cause, they are just bandits right now. True. But if you tell them that, it doesn't let you choose more dialogue. They're like, oh, okay, we're going to kill you. That's true. But I also don't like the Redanians, so I'm cool with them getting fucked over some. So anyways, I told, I told them they were bandits, and then I had to melt them all with fire because I didn't have any weapons. I always kind of forget I have more powers than than Quinn. Yeah, no, like, Quinn, like I, so my brain is like, I have Quinn, and I have Yerdin. Because Quinn is my armor... And Yerdin, is, Yerdin prevents ghosts from, like, teleporting away from me. Those are the two powers I have. Oh, and then I can light torches if the button prompt says I can. Yeah. 
Which is a great game, guys. It's old now. Yeah. It's getting more DLC, though, soon. It is getting more DLC, which is insane. Like, it's almost like CD Projekt Red did really, really well with the game, and people loved it, and they're not as pleased with the more recent game from them. I think I think it has more to do with how successful Oh, I know. Netflix's Witcher series is. I know. I was just saying some things about Project Red. Speaking of The Witcher season 2 releases December 17th. So we have some time. Yeah. Other than The Witcher, what's been going on? I still want Zach McGowan to be You know, that's my biggest complaint about the entire series. And like I get that um Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is part of the reason why the show exists. Like, yeah. Henry Cavill quarterbacked The Witcher like Ryan Reynolds quarterback Deadpool. They wouldn't exist without the actors putting the work in. Google Zach McGowan and tell me he doesn't fucking, like, look like Geralt. You can't. You can't tell me that because it's a, it's a fucking lie. Zach McGowan is a perfect Geralt. Yeah, very much so. The only thing he lacks is the height. So? That's the only thing, and I don't even fucking care about that. That has never mattered in, in movies or television ever. I know. Tom Cruise still has a career. <laughs> oh. I love so many of his movies, though. Like Tom Cruise, not Zach McGowan. I don't know a lot of the movies Zach McGowan's done. No, I mainly know TV shows. Yeah. Black Cells. The 100. The 100. Uh, Shameless. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. He's so great in everything I've seen him in. He's got swagger, too. He like, does. He does. Anyways, I'm going to stop gushing over Zach McGowan because I do love him. Um, if you haven't watched Black Cells, Zach, that's probably Zach McGowan's best role I've ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. He plays Captain Charles Vane. Captain Vane is honestly the coolest fucking pirate in the series. Actually, just fucking watch Black Cells. Yeah. Black Cells is great. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Pirates are badass. Pirate history is cool. A show that does a fairly accurate portrayal of pirates. Watch it. It's fun. So, I, I just want to talk about Black Cells for a second. I like second. pirates, okay? I, I do, too. I love pirates. But I just want to talk about Black Cells for a second because as the show was progressing, I was like, oh, hey, that's a cool little reference to, like, Treasure Island or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the characters ends up calling himself Long John Silver. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Turns out the entire series is just a prequel to Treasure Island. Which I tried to tell you from, like, season one. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is just, like, a prequel to Treasure Island. And you're like, no, they're just making references. I'm like, that guy's name is Billy Bones. He's Long John Silver. And you're just like, they're just references. And I'm like, no, it has to be a fucking prequel to it. Uh, that, 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 ser- that series finale really got me there. I was like, mm, Justice was right this entire time. But they talked about it in interviews before. You just refused to fucking watch the behind-the-scenes shit. I don't like watching behind-the-scenes shit until, until I, you finish the entire yeah. series, I know. Yeah. So if you like Treasure Island or Treasure Planet, because that's Treasure... Treasure Planet's I- the fucking way to go. Because that's Treasure Island in space. Watch Black Cells. It was very good. Honestly, I was very hesitant about Black Cells because the executive producer is um, Michael Bay. That's who it is. Oh, yeah. And I expected a lot more, like... Explosions? explosions and like giant set piece fights and there, there are giant set piece fights but they're well done but everything in this movie is so good like michael bay's show pre- like michael bay's like in this show show everything michael bay's done before this does not like credit black cells like Mm-mm. and i think it's because normally he's a director and black cells he's an ep yeah he was kind of like i'll help push to get this made but i'm not behind the camera oh hey logic told me he finally started watching um money heist yeah. He was questioning why I thought it was so good, and my heart is broken. <laughs> why is it so good? 
character development really inner inner character relationships the drama behind like money heist feels like a nine player role playing game with eight players and a D and a GM mm-hmm. and like with all this stuff going on in the background the characters are the characters are still hella good role players and like building character stuff like because like in a lot of shows or movies they wouldn't care about these tiny like little ties between the characters and like what makes this work it would be more about the heist yeah but money heist despite being a heist show and having heist in the name gives so much time to like the relationships and the character development and does it have heist in the name in the english name which is a very terrible name and i hate it yeah La Casa de Papel. It's easy to say. We didn't need to change it for English-speaking people. I mean, I still know people that mispronounce the word queso. So, is it easy to say? Yes. Just because some people are stupid doesn't mean that that the words La Casa de Papel are hard to say. It's not only the person that's saying it looking stupid. Like, that's fine. Yeah. No. I don't know why we needed a pretty poor English name for it. Like, the name is not even catching. It's the type of shit I see and I'm just like... I'm a scroll past that. That's that Money Heist as a name sounds super, super generic. And honestly, I don't know why I started watching it. Like, the name alone should have, like, just pushed me away. I think Netflix has an original movie called Coin Heist where they rob a treasure, not a treasury. Uh, I think. A, a coin factory where, where they make coins, so a mint factory? The U.S. Mint? I honestly don't know. But if so, that just sounds I, like I they think, were like. I think they create imperfect quarters. That way they can sell those because they'll be worth more. And then they scrap the mold. But also, why would you try to steal quarters when they weigh more and you're trying to steal so fucking much? Coins have a higher value than misprinted bills. Yes. But they print so They make so many. But when they pick it up, it's that flaw in like heist things for movies. Where it's just like that bag of money, that duffel bag of money that they just filled up, they can't carry. Oh, yeah. Except that tote they filled with quarters. No one's fucking moving it. You're not even picking it up off the ground. You're going to stare at it and be like, oh, why do we do that? That was dumb. So, you know, you know what we haven't really talked about so much in the last couple of months? The anime we're watching. Most of, most of what we were watching is over now. Yes. Uh, we still got My Hero Academia cranking out episodes because it's a double season like always. Yep. But everything else is basically done now. I think Aruma might have more. I can't tell. Let's start there. Welcome to Demon School Aruma-kun. This is season two? Yes. We talked about it season one when we watched season one, but the short run of it is this is an isekai because that's all they make nowadays. Isekai and sports. That's all they make. I just need a sports isekai. God. I would be down. But... It's it's a nice, enjoyable isekai in that, that the kid doesn't, like, just suddenly get teleported to a different world. His parents sell him to a demon. Yeah. But the demon was just wanting a grandchild, and so raises... Because all of his um, friends of the same age all have grandchildren and don't on them. He always loses in, like, the time where they just spend talking about how great their grandkids are. He's like, I, I don't have one. So he just bought one from some humans. And dotes on his human, like... A favorite dog or something. Anyways, the show features that human attending a demon school for demons. And demons eat people. And he has to pretend to be a human. The show is very great. He has to pretend to not be a human. Sorry, yeah. He has to pretend to be a demon. As a human pretending to be a human, I would know something about that. 
That's called acting. He would still get eaten. But uh, it's a, he about a human pretending to be a demon at a school for demons, and it's hilarious. And that's just the end of it. Like it's kind of what the Disgaea anime should have been instead of you know shit. Yeah, Welcome to Demon School, Rumakun could have just been a Disgaea anime. Honest to God, the art style and everything fits. Even the lore of the world fits. And the comedy. So, yeah. If you like Disgaea, which I love Disgaea, Welcome to Demon School, Rumakun is for you. Now, what else have we been watching? Uh, those Snow White Notes. Was that the name of it? Yeah, Those Snow White Notes, uh, which is a anime about Shamisen? Shamisen playing. Yeah, a, a guy who plays the Shamisen. And he's trying to find his own personal sound because he always mimicked his grandfather, who just recently died. Yeah, and he's never really, like, before before the story starts, he never really experienced other shamisen playing. Yeah, either. and he never really cared about playing for other people. So, yeah, it, it's also really good. I think it starts off really weird. Like, there's a lot, like... It does. It starts very weird, and then it settles easily into, like, a Slice of Life club show. Yeah, like, it starts off with a hella weird rhythm in the first two episodes, and then it kind of settles down. Um, I really enjoyed it. I th- I, w- I hope the characters from fr- from the first two episodes come back to matter later. Well, we saw the guy, at least. Yeah. Like, two or three more times throughout the series, and the girl once. You're talking about the rocker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. He yeah. showed up to, like, two performances and... She got like a message at some point about something. Yeah. I think so. Like end. I hope they matter later. But that's that's that's, but that season is over. I I really enjoyed it. Like I just love music based anime. It They're wasn't fun. it wasn't like a, it was like a six and a half out of ten for me. A six and a half or a seven. It was good. Yeah. But it wasn't like no. Most of the time I'm just there for the music. Uh, the other one we were watching backflip. backflip. God, God, do I love backflip. Men's rhythmic gymnastics. Why is it that sports animes that are, like, about shit that I would never care about in real life are fucking amazing? I don't know. I would care about men's gymnastics in real life. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't care about men's volleyball in real life. Yeah, or, no, that one doesn't fucking matter to me. Or any basketball ever, but... I like dance performance, okay? Uh, backflip is about a kid who's new to men's rhythmic gymnastics and joins a club at his high school. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. It's just a slice of life sports anime, and it's very good. Yeah. The other one we were watching this season, which we actually dropped because um, we ended up not liking it, was Burning Comedy. We started it because comedy is a hilarious sport. Justice, do you want to talk about comedy? Have you heard of Tag? I have heard of Tag. Okay, now what if I told you we're going to play Tag, but we're in a box? Okay, we're in a box playing Tag. Not a three-dimensional box. We're on a 2D box on the ground like a court. I mean, it could be a 3D box, just like the ceiling's like... Yeah, it is a 3D box. There's a ceiling. We're not in the constraints of a 3D box. We're in the constraints of a 2D box inside of a larger 3D box. Or just other three-dimensional shape, because it doesn't have to be a box. Maybe my mat is played out in a geodesic dome. Okay. Okay, so we're in a box. Plain tag. And there are people on your side, and there are people on the other side. Okay. So team tag. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm on board. One person from one side will go over to the other side and try to tag people. Okay, sounding a little Red Rover to me, but mm-hmm. I'm on board. And if you tag the per- tag someone and manage to get back to your side, you get a point for ever how many people you tag. This sounds like a fun game. After you tag someone, or before, they can 
tackle you, and if they can stop you from getting back to your side, <laughs> you just don't get points, and they get one for tackling you. That's fucking wild. You know, you're missing my favorite I'm part. I'm almost of the there. Game. Okay, I'm getting to that point last because so far this game sounds like something that would have been played in gym class and like would have actually been hella fun. You can also get a bonus point by stepping into a tiny rectangle within the larger rectangle at the back of their side. I think you're diving a little too deep into comedy. I'm just mainly avoiding the dome roll first. And if you tag somebody and score on them, they're out, and they, mm-hmm. in order to get people back, they have to score on you. Yeah. So in that way, it's got a little bit of dodgeball in it. Now, the anime uses an old rule from the actual sport. In the actual sport, you have 30 seconds it's, once you cross. I thought on, it was a 20 second time. I don't fucking know. You have a certain amount of seconds after you cross from your side of the court to theirs before you have to go back. Old school rules. Um, you said the word comedy repeatedly until you ran out of air and it had to be loud enough for the referees to hear Mm -hmm. and uh once you took a breath if you weren't back on your side you're you're, you're fucked yeah your attack is over um yeah so you have to chant comedy in order in order to try to tag people comedy 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 it's mind-boggling (laughs) like the actual sport's kind of fun to watch we may have youtubed some of it yeah uh, the anime, though, was kind of garbage, and I, I hate saying that because, like... It was a slog every time. They slowed everything down. It took all the fun of a sports anime, which is good, high-paced action, generally good character development in between that, and slowed it all the way down. Had no good character development for anyone, really, and um, was boring. And made a character basically magical for no reason. Mm-hmm. In a normal human setting... One character was just magical, and, like, if he overextended himself, would start to bleed out of his mouth and, like, yep. become really, like, violent. Mm-hmm. He was possessed by a demon, essentially. Uh, yeah, the anime was god-awful was god because there was no character development. Ever. Yeah. There was, like, none. The most character development we get doesn't even have development. It's... Main character doesn't actually want to play this sport. He doesn't want to play any sports. He just wants to stream. He gets blackmailed. He now is happily on this team. You know, that, it, he goes from being extremely anti-team to basically being, I like sport team. Here's the thing: when the, the anime opened, and our main character is a streamer who like got blackmailed into playing comedy, I was like, cool. We got a character with like a, an actual like life and focus out of the game. And that should, like, matter, but he's never at his computer ever again. He never streams ever again. Also, other people on that team have been blackmailed and being on that team, and it never comes up for them. Yeah. We just briefly learn about it, and everything's fine. Burning comedy is terrible, and I, I mean that. I didn't even finish the season, so... We have other shows we should catch up on, but... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I need to watch the... Um... Newest seasons of Slime, Don Machi... Well, I was gonna Re-Zero. say I, need, I was gonna say I needed to watch the Demon Slayer movie, Mugen Train. More Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh yeah, we're only halfway through Jujutsu. That's a very good anime. You know, apparently people think Demon Slayer has bad art. Like that's, people didn't like the art of a House Husband either. Like that's a that's a criticism that they lay at Demon Slayer. But the art is one of the two things that drew me into that anime. It's stylistically different than other anime. Yes. Does that mean it's bad? No. Yes. It doesn't do terrifying shit like classic Fruits Basket where the eyes are (laughs) 75% of the face. And people still love that so much. It got a reboot, which the remake was equivocally still just the original. 
but with updated art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, dude. I don't know. Like people will like watch Legends of the Galaxy shit like that. I don't know what that is. Or uh, Galaxy Express and or old Gundam and shit. And it's just like, man, this art's so bad. I'm just like, it's from a different time or it's a different style. Is the show still good? Well, yeah. Other than the art, then fuck off. Yeah, I think that's like. In my mind, that's kind of just like watching a normal show and just being like, I don't like the way that actor looks. I just don't like the show now. Yeah, to me, it's more like... I understand there's a bit more to it than that, but I mean... To me, it'd be more like saying, I don't like the way these, the way these shots are always framed. Like, Well, I think it's different than like if if the framing for the shot is bad, it, it's still... That's fine. But if your thing is just like, I hate the character design, like I hate okay, the way this yeah. character looks, then it's equivocally just being like, I don't like the way that actor looks in this show, so I'm just not going to watch this show. However, I would argue that, like... There's more grounds for it in an anime, I would say. Well, I, I was actually going to go the other way. But not I think there's really. more grounds for it in a live-action series. If the camera work is shoddy and, like, annoying... I was talking about appearance of people. Okay. Not like, the camera work. If camera work is shoddy and annoying in a live-action thing, it really, like... It doesn't upset my stomach, but, like, it gives me, like, a weird sense and, like, headache and... But like it doesn't sit in the brain right because that's not a natural angle that you should be seeing real things at. But like, if an anime wants to have weird angles and shit, fine by me, man. Like, it's a drawing, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, I'm more likely to drop out a, a real life show for bad camera work than yeah. I just don't understand people who care who complain so much about character design. It's just like, but did you like the story? Yeah, I like the story. Then why does it really matter if the main character looks? Slightly different. Now, when it comes to, like, oddly proportioned to the point where your brain just can't sit right, like, classic Fruits Basket, which I did watch, uh, but those eyes are disturbing, I can vaguely understand that, but if it's just like, I don't know, I wish, like, the color palette was a bit different, or maybe they didn't, like, use a cross-hatching design on, like, that part of the outfit, and I'm just like, fuck off? This is less about the specific character art being bad than the fact that... Some animes are getting to the point where, like, their characters just look the same. Every isekai ever, if you have... It was literally a joke for me when we were talking about um, those the, those Snow White notes and backflip. I'd be like, oh, hey, yeah. look. <laughs> because the the the, the, um, the, the um, protege character in backflip and the protege character in those Snow White notes look like the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So no, no, his hair is just slightly longer. I think he's slightly taller in mm. backflip as well. Backflip, he's slightly taller. Snow White notes his hair is slightly longer. Only difference. But like they look exactly the same. And like I swear to God, there was times you would start those those Snow White notes and I'd be like, "Are we watching backflip?" No. Because like it would just be the character like walking down a hall. I'd be like, "Is this backflip?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. It's because we're not watching Shonen, so you don't have protagonist Shonen hair. That's shonen, what's confusing you. No, Shonen hair is important because it makes it easy to tell the difference between characters. I will stand and die on that hill. Vegeta and Goku are easily recognizable because Vegeta is short and Goku has weird hair. My favorite instances of Shonen hair in anime ever, though, are always when it's just like, only your protagonist has Shonen hair and everyone else has normal hair. It's just, no one calls him out on it. You mean like Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. And no <laughs> one says anything. It's just like... Yeah, no, that's normal. 
I love Yu-Gi-Oh! Because just, okay, so I actually legitimately love Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. Duelist Kingdom is a terrible work, but Battle City and Dice and GX... Yu-Gi Boy. Will, ...will live forever in my heart, so those are great series. But, no, I fucking love that Yu-Gi's hair is just like... I know one says a fucking thing. The only character who has hair anywhere like that is Duke his, Devlin. And his grandpa. His grandpa has like a smaller oh, yeah. gray-haired version of it. Grandpa Moto, too, yeah. But Duke Devlin's the only, like, other character who, like... Mm-hmm. Be- and it, his hair is nowhere near like Yugi's. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, also, a new Magic the Gathering set came out on Arena. It's not out on paper yet. And they all have anime protagonist hair. That, you know, it's going to ha- it, We're going to get that set eventually. Haven't we already? There was a Jace and a Chandra. No, that was a specific dual deck. I know. I was trying to think of like what you were talking about. I was like, was there a set with like weird, <laughs> like weird character aesthetics? I was like, Battle Bond maybe. Um, you did have weird character, but not hair. Yeah. Um, no, it's based on D and D. The set's been fun. I played some on Arena. Uh, I'm excited for some of those cards to come to paper. Like none of the cards in the actual set, but the, like the cards in the Commander decks. The regular set is very underpowered. I dislike all the way the special cards look. Oh, uh, are you including the lands? The lands are the most acceptable, like, but I'm still not a huge fan of the lands. I don't like the lands as magic cards because, like, mm-hmm. they don't look like magic cards. I don't like any of the special arts for stuff. But I, I'm fine with the like legendary characters and stuff with like and the monsters with like their D and D like monster block stat or artwork thing. Mm-mm. I don't like. It. I can understand that. I just really, I like, I love the Mainly way. Mainly because it comes across with like a lot of classic D and D art, which I'm not yeah, a huge like, fan of. The like classic. 2D monster manuals. I and I'm not a fan of the 2D monster manual. Or I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna just go read the description of it and ignore that thing you've drawn because that looks dumb. Um, I realize you're talking about a cloaker and it's just inherently dumb, but the art's <laughs> also dumb. Man, cloakers are awesome. I don't. I love trap monsters. No, no, they're they're dumb, but in a fun way. I love trap monsters so much that I defend the ice cream Pokemon in Pokemon because they're trap monsters. Only if it eats you does it count as a trap monster. I mean, technically speaking, they eat the people they kill. They just don't say that in the Pokédex. Are we sure they eat them? Maybe they're not carnivores. Maybe they're just murderous herbivores. Like Those bodies go somewhere, Justice. <laughs> Do they? Are you sure they go anywhere? If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Vanilla Light line in Pokemon are... Specifically in the Pokédex, it says they hang from the ceiling waiting for people to pass by underneath. Well, not just people, but waiting for prey to pass by underneath so that they can fall off the ceiling and impel it. Mm-hmm. Vanilla line is awesome because they just literally impel things with their body. Um, but yeah, no. The, like what I was saying, the land series, are like they all get module books for like D&D campaigns. Yep. And I really like the art for those. I think the module, like, the D&D modules for the lands look really cool, but they look terrible as magic cards. Yes. all Everything they do for all the special cards just look terrible as cards. I don't have anything necessarily against them as they are, but they look terrible for magic cards. Okay. That's all I want to say about the new magic set. Uh, was there anything else? Were you doing anything? Watching anything? Playing anything? Obviously, The Witcher 3. We both restarted at roughly the same time weird yeah no not really okay i think that's everything we'll be back in about two weeks with another 
flight for you to catch. Until then, if you like what you hear, this episode or an actual review or any of other things we've released, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you use, whether that be iTunes, Podcast Addict, Breaker. Or not even on an app, just on a wall somewhere. In a bathroom stall. In the middle of a essay you're writing for any homework. Just take a break that, in the middle, fill in a review in the middle of the essay, and then continue from where you left off. Forget what I said about a bathroom stall, that one. <laughs> On your SAT essay, just put in like a section about how you love co-pilots. But I don't want it to have any continuity with, with the rest of what you're writing. I want you to stop like mid-sentence of what you were writing, pa- write this review, page- and then just pick right back up where you were. Stop what you're doing, page break, review, page break, pick up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. That that would ruin. That just just don't do that. Like maybe on a paper you're turning in. That'd be funny on an SAT or an ACT or something. Not something you paid money to take a test of. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, leave us a review somewhere. If you leave it somewhere we can find, we'll probably read it on the podcast at some point. Unless that's somewhere you left it for us to find as a stall somewhere. Or or it's a site we just don't realize exists. That's true, too. Otherwise, if you want to contact us directly, there is a myriad of options for that. You can find all the options on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. But individually, you can also reach us at copilotsreview on Twitter. Copilotsreview at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel and a Discord. Come hang out in the Discord. The link's on the website. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hanging out in the cockpit with us. And please, join us for our next flight. We'll... we'll review something do we know what yet who knows maybe we've thought that far ahead maybe we have it you'll never know if we actually plan this stuff i thought like episodes three and four in the future but episodes one and two in the future i thought you had those ones i have ideas okay sounds good we have ideas